Alexander Solzhenitsyn was born in 1918 in Russia. His parents were devout members of the Russian Orthodox Church. They resisted the Soviet anti-religious campaign. But despite his parents' strong Christian faith, Alexander was swept up by Marxist ideology. He became a staunch atheist and joined the Red Army. He was arrested during World War II for writing a letter criticizing Joseph Stalin and was sentenced to the gulags. One day in this forced labor camp, Alexander was brought to the end of his rope. A wind tore through his prison garb. It penetrated his soul. Every bone and muscle in his body ached. Hunger gnawed at his stomach. Years of hard labor had ruined his health and stripped him of hope. Alexander could endure it no longer. He dropped his shovel, left the work gang, and sat on a bench nearby. He knew that the guards would soon pick up his shovel and beat him to death with it. But he reasoned a quick, bloody death today would be better than the slow death he was enduring. As he stared at the ground, he heard footsteps, embraced himself for the guard's harsh words. But when he raised his eyes, instead of seeing a guard, he saw a gaunt elderly prisoner standing before him. The old man said nothing but knelt down and with a stick scratched the sign of the cross in the dirt and hurried back to work. Alexander looked at the cross. A ray of light penetrated his dark thoughts. In that moment, his perspective changed. He realized that he did not have to face the evil of the gulag and the Soviets on his own diminished strength. With the power of the cross, he could withstand evil of not just one, but a thousand Soviet empires. He got up from the bench and returned to work. Externally, nothing had changed. But internally, he had experienced a gentle revolution. It was by the power of the cross that Alexander Solzhenitsyn returned to the Christian faith. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The basic message that keeps hitting me over the head is very simple. Our focus has to be on Jesus, who is lifted up on the cross for our salvation. All else is a distraction. Someone recently told me at the heart of all discouragement is self-focus. Poor Alexander in that work camp began focusing on himself as all of us would, the cold, the hunger, the pain, the sore muscles, and he gave up. What changed? He took his eyes off himself and focused on the cross. Perhaps all of us through this COVID time have experienced some discouragement. There's an old saying among spiritual writers, discouragement never comes from the Holy Spirit. We can think of discouragement as spiritual poison. The word literally means without courage. To become discouraged is to lose the energy necessary to continue fighting. It's to give up and give in and stop fighting. This is exactly what happened to poor Alexander. Why do we get discouraged? Because we take our eyes off the Lord. Father Bartonek, in his book, 60 Days to Becoming a Missionary Disciple, says behind every discouragement, Behind every sadness that threatens to extinguish our hope is a faltering faith. 
we refuse to trust in God's way of doing things. We're slow to believe that all growth and holiness passes through the way of the cross. We resist, quite honestly, in living in the divine will. What is Jesus asking from us? He thirsts for our faith, our belief. Ultimately, he wants our love. For Lent, I'm using a daily meditation book by the St. Augustine Institute called I Thirst, 40 Days with Mother Teresa. One one of the meditations it ponders, why is it that we can be faithful to Mass, we can even be faithful to daily prayer, and yet at times we feel like we're not growing. We feel like we lack spiritual energy or we kind of feel this spiritual frustration, unsatisfaction. The author said it's because we lack faith and prayer from the heart. The author says no amount of shallow prayer is going to change us. See, prayer is not just about saying words. God wants our love. He wants prayer from the heart. Think about this just in the context of Mass. When we come to Mass and begin Mass with the sign of the cross, do I even think about what I'm doing as I'm signing the cross? That I am actually opening myself to God's blessing. At the beginning of Mass, when we say, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, am I just saying those words or am I really praying from the heart? Lord, have mercy on me. Christ, have mercy on me. When I receive Holy Communion, am I conscious what I'm doing? Am I really consciously opening my heart to receiving Jesus? Someone told me the longest pilgrimage we can make is not, a, not to travel overseas to the Holy Land. It's to make the journey from the head to the heart, to pray from the heart with true belief. This is what Jesus wants. God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. But when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on earth? Belief is not just this intellectual assent. Yeah, okay, I believe intellectually in God. We're called to believe from the heart. And this impacts the way we live our lives. Whoever believes, whoever believes from the heart will have eternal life. 